Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Monday, January the 31st, 2022. It is currently 6.13 p.m. Central Time, and here I sit in the empty sanctuary of Victory Baptist Church, right here in the middle of nowhere, Texas, and we've got to talk. We've got to talk. Now, what I'm going to do in this episode is something I love to do. I maybe I think some of the listeners love it. I think it really bothers some of the other listeners. I think it's kind of like a 50-50, but even though maybe only 50% of the people like it and 50, 50% of the people dislike it, I'm still going to always kind of operate this way because I just think it's I think it's important. And 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 the, and the philosophy is simple. I don't like to simply turn on the microphone and in a sense, listen to how I'm going to say this, just spoon feed you, right? Hey, this is what I heard. This is how you need to think, right? I I don't like you just to sit there in a passive way. I like you to be actively engaged. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play for you something that I heard late last night, early this morning. I think it may have been after midnight. It may have been around 1 a.m. I don't even remember what time. But I remember leaning over, grabbing my iPad, going through all the Christian podcasts I subscribe to and go, play. Laid the iPad down, laid back down, closed my eyes. And in about, I don't know, five minutes, I'm like, whoa, grab the iPad, stop. Okay, I don't want to hear any more of that. I'm going to take that and I'm going to play it for people who listen to the Theology Central podcast around the world and say, so what if this is true? What would it mean? How would that impact your understanding of the Bible? What what would be the doctrinal implications of this? What would this do to Bible interpretation? What would this mean? And so I'm going to present this to you and you, you can, you can tell me what you think. And I'm going to be honest with you. When I heard it, I was kind of like, wait, what? Wait, what? What? Wait, what am I listening to again? Because this is a very well-known podcast. This is the Discover the Word podcast. That's from uh, the ministry that brings you Our Daily Bread, right? The Our, Our Daily Bread devotional. Now, I'm not saying that they are like known for deep theology, but there's just some things I guess you, when you're listening to something that's pretty mainstream evangelical Christianity, There's just certain things you kind of expect to hear, and there's some things you don't expect to hear. You may not think this is a big deal. I think it is. Now, they may, he, they may just simply ask this question simply to use it to get people thinking. But I, so I'm not going, I don't want to make any, let me state it this way. I don't want to make any, I don't want to imply anything about them asking the question because remember, I stopped listening. I stopped listening. I stopped. Now, at some point, we will listen to all of this together and review it and analyze it, but I just kind of want to get you to where I got and where I stopped, and then I just want you to say, okay, let's say they're asking that question not to make a point, not to, to use it as a starting point to then prove why something is so. Let's just ask, I'm going to just... Take the question on face value and then have us think about it and struggle with it. And hopefully you will participate. This is going to be one of those things. You're not going to get my answer really here. I'm going to want you to work on it. And then you can send me your thoughts uh, to newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Or if you're part of the Discord channel, you can, well, throw in your thoughts right there. So are you ready? Are you ready? 
oh, I'm looking at uh, notifications I'm getting on my iPad, that someone was already going, I have the answer. Okay, but, but uh, no, no I, I, don't, I don't think anyone has an answer yet. Are you ready? Here we go. I heard this late last night, maybe early this morning. The Discover the Word podcast is the brand new episode. I think it dropped. I think it dropped late last night. I, I don't remember exactly what time it dropped. But remember, just so that you know, the Discover the Word podcast, um, it used to be like little 15-minute segments. They've done, they've kind of, they've packaged the podcast in a, in a new way. This is the way it's supposed to work. Each episode was 15 minutes, right? And basically it was about 15 minutes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and it was supposed to be, it's designed like a small group Bible study, right? So you would listen to like their 15-minute episodes each day, and it would take you through a one week of small group Bible study. Now, they don't always go very, very deep or very doctrinal or very theological. In fact, sometimes, uh, you know, I would really disagree with some of their conclusions and some of their ideas, but I always like the idea, okay, here they're having their small group study. I'll listen in and then I'll take what they do and I'll work on it on my own and, 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 and go in my own direction. So I've been listening to the podcast for a long time, but they repackaged it. Now it's not 15 minute episodes. They basically give you the entire week's study and one episode. So on Sunday night, it drops and basically it's like an hour long or whatever, how long it may be. Yeah, it's about an hour. And it's like, here's, here's your entire week of, of small group Bible study. So I don't know why they decided to do it that way. Maybe it was just easier. I kind of like the little smaller segments in some ways uh, because, you know, you may not have the entire, because I listen to so many podcasts. I don't have an, uh, a, the ability to listen to every one hour long podcast, but I, I do my best. But um, I don't, you, you, you can make your own. We could uh, debate all day about the way they did this. We're not going to make it. We're not going to make it too far. Um, yeah, it's. I may break in a little bit here, or I may just, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll just see. We'll just see where this is going to go because there's just, oh, I have so many questions. I have so many questions. I'm really interested and in what I want you to do, and I really want you to do this. Um, I, once we get this all done, I'm going to kind of give you some questions that I want you to go out and ask your Christian friends, right, who go to other churches or may who even go to your church. And I really want you to report back to what they say. I really do. I re just like ask people. I know, I know we have some listeners who teach Sunday school. Ask your Sunday school class and see if they go, well, no, or, oh, whoa, wait, what? I, I'm just curious how the, how the average person would answer some of these questions, but we'll get to those questions at the end when we get to really their question, because they kind of put, they put it in a question form. Here we go. Uh, Discover the word podcast. I've been subscribing to it for years. This is the latest episode called Surprise. Surprise! <laughs> I, I was surprised. <laughs> Let me tell you. Here we go. Well, it's time for the Discover the Word group to get together again. Marty Hahn, Elisa Morgan, Bill Crowder, and Daniel Ryan Day are in their spots around the table with, of course, a chair reserved for you. And uh, Daniel, who says he has always loved fantasy-type stories like The Lord of the Rings and The Chronicles of Narnia, uh, Daniel is going to be leading the conversations on the next two Discover the Word podcasts. Now, I just have to, I just have to throw this in there. I, I, I know this is an unpopular take. But I just, I just can't say, I, why is it that in every, every Christian program, if they talk about fantasy, 
Why is it that every Christian's always, uh, it just seems like it's built into Christian DNA that they have to say, Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings, Lord, and of course, Chronicles of Narnia. Why, why is it like, did I miss the memo? Hey, now that you're a Christian, you're supposed to like Lord of the Rings. If you don't like Lord of the Rings, you may not be safe. It's like anytime I call into question, I don't like the Lord of the Rings. I think it's, I absolutely hate the movies. I think they're ridiculous. I don't even get me started on, on the book. I just don't, I just, I can't stand it. But anytime I don't like it, I, it's almost like, oh, you don't like Lord of the Rings? Like, and then they, they look at me like, you know, it's almost like they're like, are you a Christian? Are you saved? Because Christians, and I, and I always want to look at them and go, you do realize that the Lord of the Rings is not part of the canon of scripture. You, you do realize that, right? It's just this weird thing. Like, like I, that, like to become a Christian, I must love the Chronicles of Narnia and I must lo- like Lord of the Rings because if I don't like those things, then I'm possibly not saved. Who, who came up with that? Like, it's just so weird how something enters into kind of Christian tradition. And if you go against it, it's everybody's like, how dare you go against our tradition? But we don't have any traditions. Okay. But it's just so weird. I just don't get it. Why? So I'm Christian. So my first thought late last night when I was like, oh, I kind of rolled my eyes. Like, here we go again. Christian program. They mentioned Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Amazing. Like, who could have, who could have guessed that? But yeah, on this podcast, if we mention the Lord of the Rings, it's usually me acknowledging and voicing my utter disdain for it, frustration with it, irritation by it. And and really, it just bothers me that it's almost like my Christianity is called into question because I think it's complete and utter garbage. I just can't stand it. Now, I don't care if you like it. That's fine. But it shouldn't be the test of one's spirituality. It shouldn't be like, if you don't like Lord of the Rings and Chronicles of Narnia, you're probably not saved. It it shouldn't have anything to do with that. You like it? Great. You've got a bad you've got bad taste in entertainment. That's perfectly okay. Don't question my spirituality based off your bad taste in entertainment, okay? Yeah, I know that's a hot take, but yeah, but I yeah, I don't I don't like it. And I've had Christians argue with me and argue about how it's so wonderful. It's great and 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 try to, oh, you just don't even get me started. Okay, I've had all the conversations with it. All right, here we go. But if you like it, that's okay. I'm not telling you it's wrong for you to like it. Just don't question my spirituality because I despise it, okay? that That's what I'm trying to, that's the point I'm trying to make. In fact, I, it, it's like the way Christians have handled my rejection of it has made me hate it even more. It, it's just, it's always shoved down my throat like, you have to like, and like, no, I don't have to like it. And I'm still a Christian. I know that's a shock to, to many, but I don't have to like it. Okay. It, it's, it's not a scriptural thing. Okay. But it's almost like sometimes, sometimes, uh, for some things, you can have a fan base that actually leads people, pushes people away from becoming a fan of the same. The, the fans of some things push people away from being a fan of it because just the way they act about it. It's like, oh, I like Lord of the Rings. I'm spiritually, I'm spiritually more mature because I like the Lord of the Rings. My entertainment is spiritual. My entertainment is godly. And then if you say, well, I would, I prefer Harry Potter. Oh, 
You watch Harry Potter? It's got magic and sorcery. It's got, you should, you should read things like the lamb, the lion, and the witch, or the witch, the lamb, and the lion, and the wardrobe, or whatever it is. Chronicles of Narnia, the witch, the lion, and the wardrobe. C.S. Lewis, the Lord of the Rings, when it's got magic and wizards, and, and, and it's all good when it's in a Christian book, but Harry Potter, that's satanic and evil and ungodly. And it just drives me crazy the way Christians sometimes handle things. It can be, you can have witches, you can have magic, you have a, you have a magic wardrobe, you can have a, you can have a, a special, uh, a, you know, magic world. You can have all these things and it's okay because it's supposedly Christian. But if those same elements show up in something else, it's sinful, it's ungodly, and it's evil. And so they, they are the more spiritual ones because their entertainment is supposedly a Christian allegory and your entertainment is evil and ungodly because it's not a Christian allegory. It's, it just drives me crazy. But that's my first thought when I heard this is really, really Lord of the Rings, do we have to go? Really? Okay, but of course, Lord of the Rings and uh, uh, and uh, Chronicles of Narnia. One second, I just got to look something up because now it's going to bother me. It's going to bother me all day. Is it? Is it the lion? I don't even know what it is because obviously I'm not a fan of it. See, the lion... Yeah, the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe by C.S. Lewis. Okay, I knew, I, I knew I, the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. And I was like, see, it's got a witch in it. But, 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 but Harry Potter, he, he, he's a wizard. Oh, so witches are good, wizards are bad. When is a witch good? When is a witch bad? When, when is, when is, I, I don't, I don't can't, when is magic good? When is magic bad? I, I don't really know when this, how, how this all works. I didn't get the memo here because clearly, I, I, I don't follow, well, Christian traditions that tell me that their entertainment is good and my entertainment is bad. So I, yeah, drives me. You can tell there's a little bit of, because it's just been shoved down my throat basically my whole Christian life and I just, I just don't get it. I just, Christians are just bizarre on these things. But okay, here we go. This week and next week, I'm super excited. We get to talk about the story of Jonah. And if I'm honest... It's hard for me to see Jonah as real because of my love for fantasy. And so one of the things we're going to look at today, the question that we're going to try to answer is, was Jonah a real dude? Yeah, so. Okay, was Jonah a real dude? Okay, that, that just seems so, I, I'm sorry. That just seems so, it was Jonah a real dude. Hey, this week for our Bible study, we're going to figure out, was Jonah a real dude? Okay, that just seems, it seems like a very outdated term, right? It seems like, it just seems like someone who's not, who's maybe too old to be trying to be relevant. I don't know. It just seems simply, but here, here's what I have to say. So you love fantasy because you love fantasy books like Lord of the Rings. When you read the story of Jonah, you have to go, was Jonah a real dude? Now, my question would be, it took you all the way to Jonah to start asking questions about things being real in the Bible. Like, I think I would start right, right there with Genesis when a serpent comes walking in and starts talking <laughs> to a woman about eating some fruit on a tree. I think right there I'd be like, uh, wait, what is going on here? Wait, so wait, someone builds a boat and there's a global flood. I, I, I wait there, a donkey talking to some, uh, like there, there's a lot, there's a, there's a lot, or there, there's a lot of issues 
there's a lot of issues that I think I, that happens way before I get to Jonah. But I understand that they're just using their love of fantasy makes it difficult when they read Jonah to see Jonah as, and I'm using their words and I'm not trying to mock it, but it just, again, I started laughing when I heard this last night as well. Was Jonah a real dude? Was Jonah a real dude? I'm going to, I'm not going to use dude because it just seems, was Jonah a real person? So I want you to write that question down. Was Jonah a real person? But, but that, that's not what shocked me. Because I think that's a, that's a good question because they're going to spend this week trying to figure out was Jonah a real person? Okay. I think that's an interesting study. And I'm like, okay, they're going to lay out some interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to try to provide some historical arguments, biblical arguments to see Jonah as a real person and not allow our love for fantasy to possibly influence how we read some of the stories in the Bible. I'm like, okay, this is good. I, I, I bothered they mentioned Lord of the Rings, but okay, they're talking to a Christian audience. You probably have to mention Lord of the Rings because if you mention some other fantasy series, then probably Christians would be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I only, only know Lord of the Rings. Okay. So I get that. All right. So that makes sense. They know their audience. They, they play it up to their audience. Was Jonah a real dude? Okay, fine. Maybe they think they have a, a I don't know. What, what generation, who still uses the word dude? Okay, whatever. Okay, fine. They're, 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 they're trying to make their point. I wasn't shocked by anything here. Everything here was either I kind of just like laughed, rolled my eyes. I'm like, oh boy, here go Lord of the Rings again. So this, I, we haven't got to the part where I'm like, wait, what did they just say? But it's coming up quick. Here we go. Are you familiar with the story of Jonah? Uh, Jonah and the Great Fish? This series is called Surprise and begins with that discussion about was Jonah a real dude? <laughs> Discover the word next. They seem to really want to emphasize was Jonah a real dude? They really want to emphasize that. I, I just It just seems funny to me. I, is it not funny to anybody else? Okay, look, I know I'm here in an empty room, but this, can someone go, yeah, that's a little, I, I, I don't know. It just seems like... It, it just seems, <laughs> I don't know. When I hear that, it just seems like they're, they're like there's some Christian older person in the church and some teenagers walk in. They walk up to the teenagers and they try to say, they try to talk using terms they think that are is still cool or relevant to teenagers. And the teenagers are looking at them going, uh, could you stop? Because you're embarrassing yourself. That, that's what it feels like. But okay, he may have a reason for saying, was he a, maybe that's just the way he talks. Okay, but all right, was he a real dude? So was Jonah a real Dude, that's the question we're going to uncover this week and discover the word podcast. I'm all for that. Let's, that's good. So I'm not shocked yet. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Well, let's see where the surprise is for me. And it is great to have you here at the front end of another series of conversations with the Discover the Word group. Discover the Word is the small group Bible study from Our Daily Bread Ministries. And as I mentioned, Daniel is going to be leading this study with Mart and Elisa and Bill called Surprise, focusing on the story of the Old Testament minor prophet Jonah and his amazing, surprising story that holds a number of important messages for us in our world today as well. Some things about God that are surprising and convicting. I understand why Daniel is so excited to get going on this. 
And I think that's what we're ready to do right now. So pull your chair up to the table and think about how you would answer this question about your favorite fantasy, science fiction type story series. These types of stories are still really popular today. And it has been a common genre of storytelling, well, forever. Okay, now what they're getting ready to do is common. If you've ever seen small group curriculum, they always, it's like the icebreaker. So you get everyone around the table. They've had their, because, you know, you can't do a small group unless there's some snacks. So probably people have got, you know, whatever snacks they have, they're sitting around the table. And then you always have to start with an icebreaker question. And the, and the thought process is from a psychological point, of view, if you ask them a question that everyone can answer, that's not about doctrine or theology or the Bible, just about something common, then that gets people talking. And if you get people talking, then, then when you get to t- to the Bible, that they'll they'll probably just carry on that discussion. So it's kind of like a psychological way to break the ice and to get everyone participating and get everyone comfortable with speaking. Now, I'm not good at these kinds of things in any way, shape, or form. I'm just like, open your Bibles, let's dig in. And probably I could do better at maybe doing some of these things. I'm not very, very good at doing this in my sermons, but um, it's common. I'm not, a, I'm not going to critique it. Um, some people love this. I, to me, sometimes I'm just kind of like, sometimes it feels like to me that the, uh, the ice breaking question, it gets all of the real like passionate discussion and everybody wants it. And it's kind of like, it, it takes away from, like by the time you get, because you got to really control it. Now here, obviously they're recording a podcast so they can control it, but I've just seen it in, in practice where it just like everyone starts talking about that and you know, you've, you've been 25 minutes into your quote unquote Bible study and you've all been talking about what your favorite fantasy novel is. And it's kind of like, I, we, we've lost control of the situation, but you, you can, you can, you can judge wh- whether you think it's a great idea or not. It, it's, it comes down to people's personal preference there. So I'm not in any way condemning it. I'm just explaining you what they're doing if you're not familiar with these kinds of settings. And, uh, you know, just, yeah, you can have your own thoughts about it. Here we go. All right. Question for you What is your favorite fantasy novel? Or series of novels? My favorite fantasy novel is one that nobody at this table has ever heard of, and I bet I've read it 30 times. That's a little scary. (laughs) Yes. It's entitled Time's Last Gift, and it's about a group of people from the early 22nd century who travel back in time and have all kinds of adventures. Interesting. Now, I love the fact that he did pull out something other than Lord of the Rings. So I was like, yay, yay. He didn't mention Lord of the Rings. He didn't mention Chronicles of Narnia Narnia, or the lamb, the lion, or the lion, the witch, the wardrobe. Yay, yay, yay. So I was was happy there. I was happy there. But okay, right. He's read it a lot of times, right? Okay. So there you go. That, that. I, I, I'm, I, I'm happy about something, right? But I, trust me, Lord of the Rings and Chronicles of Narnia have to show up, right? I mean, they have to, right? Because it wouldn't be a Christian podcast if they didn't. Probably the you know best known one for me is like Chronicles of Narnia, mm-hmm. or even C.S. Lewis's Perlandra trilogy. Yeah. You know, those are the ones that come to my mind quickly. Yeah, I got into fancy stories late in life. George MacDonald, a mm-hmm. 19th century author fascinated me in ways that I never, ever expected. First of all, to read somebody who was writing with a thick mm-hmm. English, you know, Scottish English, 
and to get into his fantasy, but he just captured my mind. Did he kind of precede C.S. Lewis? He preceded, uh-huh. yeah. Okay. My favorite would be Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. but a very close second is the Chronicles of Narnia series with C.S. Lewis. Now, why do we call it fantasy? What are some of the characteristics of a fantasy novel versus a historical fiction? Or It is fantastic. It is something that comes out of imagination as opposed to fact. Absolutely, yeah. And so the reason I'm bringing that up is because this week and next week, I'm super excited, we get to talk about the story of Jonah. And if I'm honest, it's hard for me to see Jonah as real because of that fantasy background of Mm -hmm. my love for fantasy. And so I've often wondered, is Jonah, is it true? Is it a real story? Mm -hmm. Would it really matter? What? Okay, now that's when I, that's when I opened my eyes and leaned over and said, wait, would it matter? Would it matter? So let me, so, so let, let me ask you the question. Would it matter? If Jonah was a real person, would it matter if it's a real story? What if the story is fantasy? What if the story is just fiction? What if the story is just made up? Would it matter? Would it matter? So let me ask you, was Jonah a real person? And number two, would it matter if he wasn't a real person? So was Jonah a real person? Yes or no? And number two, would it matter if he wasn't a real person and the story is not a historical fact, it's just a story? Would it matter? Now, if you say yes, I want you to explain to me why it would matter or or I want you to explain why it would not matter. Now, I'm going to back it up and let him talk a little bit more. But that's immediately when I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Would it matter? Now, he may be asking the question to go, would it matter? And then he's going to go right into explaining why it would matter. Or is he not? Let's see. I I was just shocked. Like, would it matter? Obviously, you can tell that I would say, yes, it would. Because if I just, and I can just throw this out there. If Jonah isn't real, okay, let's just, let's just do this. Let's just do this. All right. Let's just do this. If we, uh, if we look at our Bibles, right? If we look at our Bibles. Here we go. We, uh, I was, uh, and we look, to, we look to Jonah, all right? We, we look to uh, the book of Jonah. Jonah comes after Obadiah, comes before Micah, all right? So let's just, oh, it, we'll, we'll just do this. Let's do it. Jonah is what we call one of the minor prophets. So let's, we, so we take the minor prophets and let's say that we go from Hosea to Malachi. And in, in the middle of that, we take Jonah, we say Jonah is fictitious, not a real person, not a real story. Well, then why would we not start questioning the rest of the minor prophets? And if Jonah isn't real, what about Genesis? What about Exodus? What about Leviticus? What about Ruth? What about Samuel? What about Kings? Like, like once you say that we have a book, in our Bible, where the entire book gives us a story about a person and the story and the person isn't real. What does that mean for biblical hermeneutics? What does that mean? Now, why would this person say, well, does it matter? Why would he ask this question? I'm going to back this up just a little bit, just a little bit. All right, here we go. 
because of that fantasy background mm-hmm. of my love for fantasy. And so I've often wondered, is Jonah, is it true? Is it a real story? Mm-hmm. What, would it really matter? What if it's this great story that's a lot like the stories that Jesus told? I mean, he tells the story mm-hmm. of the Good Samaritan. Did that ever really happen? Eh, we don't really care, do we? Mm-hmm. If the All right. So, so what if it's just a story, like the stories Jesus told? In other words, it's just a parable. It's just a parable. It's just a parable. It, it, it doesn't, it has no historical accuracy or truth. Would it matter? All right. I, I want you to think, so was, Je- was Jonah a real person? And would it matter if it, he wasn't and the story isn't true? I want, yes, those are yes and no's, but I want you to really think about and try to articulate and write out why it would matter. Like, w- tell me why it wouldn't matter or tell me why it would matter. And, 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 and because what I like to do is I like when I hear something that I immediately disagree with is I try to stop myself and say, okay, let's play along. All right. Jonah wasn't real. The story is fictitious. Would it matter? Let's, let's, let's just go with it. So what would be the implications and how would it impact the rest of the Bible? And I already have answers here. I, I want you to know this. I already have answers. What would it mean for the rest of the Bible? If we go with that idea, would it have any implications at all? Yes or no? I, I really want you to work on this. I want you to think about this. Let's just go a little bit further and see if anyone steps in and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It would matter. Let's see. Because at this point, I had stopped the podcast early this morning because I just I just wanted to bring this to you. I wanted to stop right here and just say, okay, I'm just going to leave it there, but we'll go a little bit further because I am now curious of what 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 was said after this. The idea of it is powerful and and gripping. That's a creative thought, Mart. And we know that the Bible is made up of various kinds of literature. You know, we have- that's creative, Mark. That's cre- That's a creative idea. Does it really matter? Because we know the Bible is made up of all different kinds of literature. All right. So maybe this is not a historical, a historical in any way, shape, or form. Let's just do something. Let's just do something. Just for, I'm, I'm just curious, okay? Let's go to five, okay, in my Bible. Here we go. Uh, I'm, I'm saying the page number because I was, I was looking at the table of contents for a second. I just, that's where I had my Bible open. All right, so here we go. So now, I just, I just want you to see how it begins, all right? Now, all kinds of different kinds of literature, right? Now, we agree the Bible is made up of all day. You've got historical narrative. You've got poetry. Okay, you've got apocalyptic literature. Okay, but let's see how it begins. Jonah verse one, Jonah chapter one, verse one. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, uh, the son of Am- Am- Amnitai, saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. All right, now, uh, Question. There's some questions I would just have here. All right. Does it begin in a way that's completely foreign to the way other books in the Bible begin? In other words, when you read this, do you immediately go, well, wait a minute. I, I don't know. There's something different here. I don't know if I can read this as a historical account. Does it mention real cities? Is it mentioning, does it, does it begin like other books where you're like, okay, it's introducing the person, it's introducing the place, it's introducing the time. So in other words, it's establishing it as something historical, or is it written at the beginning as something that is not 
historical? Is it written in a way to make you go, hmm, I don't know about this one. I don't know about this one. This one just seems a little, I don't know. Is there something there? You can look at it. You can look at it carefully. I want, I want to do more there, but that's okay. I'll just, I just threw it out there really quick and I want you at least to consider it, All right? Let's see what else they have to say. We have poetry, we have history, we have stories. Mm-hmm. So does it matter? Hmm, interesting. Well, and I would say, and I hear exactly what you're saying, and I think when we talk about Jesus' parables and things like that, it doesn't matter whether those were literal happenings or whether they were fantasies mm-hmm. in a different kind of sense. I guarantee you it would matter to the people of Nineveh whether <laughs> this really happened or not, okay. because they're the Okay. Okay. Well, well, but they wouldn't. Now, actually, that's not even a good argument. It wouldn't matter to the people of Nineveh if the whole story is made up because <laughs> nothing was happening to Nineveh. Nineveh didn't need to repent because it's all just made up. The, the city of Nineveh is just used in the story here. This is not real. So it wouldn't have mattered to the people of Nineveh. You can't say, well, the story is not, so are you saying part of the story is fictitious? Him being swallowed by the big fish, that's the fictitious part? But Nineveh needing to repeat, uh, repent was the real part? Like now, now that, that really gets into some weird biblical hermeneutics. Now you're getting into some like, what in the world are you doing now? So like, chapter one is real, <laughs> chapter two is not, like what? <laughs> What, where, where are you going with that? Like, what, 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 what is happening? Like that, that just gets bizarre to me. That gets bizarre. So I'm going to stop right there because I don't want to give anything else away. I want you to work on this this week. So here's your, here's your, your thinking. Was Jonah a real person? Yes or no? If you say yes, what would be your reasons for saying that he's a real person? Right? Does it matter? If Jonah wasn't real and the story is not real, it's just fiction, but it's a powerful lesson. Right. Would it matter? What would, how would that impact anything else in the Bible? How would that impact anything else in the Bible? And just anything else you want to, I could ask more specific questions. Just anything else that you want to, to bring up in regards to this whole concept of, well, could we just be a parable? I mean, hey, that's, that's a creative way of looking at it. The Bible is made up of stories. Now, now the fact that she said, well, the Bible is made up of stories. That seems to offer the implication that it would be even possible that there are other stories in the Bible that are not true. Now, wait a minute. Is she only referring to Jesus' parable or is she going to other stories in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy? Well, not Leviticus, but well, even in Leviticus. I could think of, I could think of one. All right. So like, so where, where, like, how, where would you stop this? See, this would seem to open the door for some seriously weird way of handling scripture, but I, I want your thoughts this week. I want your thoughts this week. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say anything else. You can work on it and we'll talk about it the next time I can be here, depending on what happens to this winter storm that's supposed to be headed our way. We will see what happens, but uh, we will definitely talk about it and we'll back it. We'll back this up and just play it all next time and uh, just go through this and uh, really tear it apart. But I just want to get your thoughts on it, right? I want you to think about it. I want you to just like, okay, just say, let's say you were in a small group, right? And you know that within a small group, you can't always start, I mean, you can't, you shouldn't, you can't always start arguing with everyone in a small group. It's just, it's not the setting. Now, let's say the small group meeting is over and then you can say, hey, I got a question. I think you're at, you know, I don't think it was creative. Yes, 
I think it matters if he was a real person. And then you can start saying that, well, what would that mean? And you can start asking some questions. How would you try to respond to someone who, who maybe they even, they go so far to say it doesn't matter. And I don't believe Jonah was a real person. And I believe the story is fiction. What would you say to that person? But yet they claim to be a believer. Now, I'm not saying get into an argument during, a, you know, a small group meeting, but after the meeting, you may have that discussion. What would you say? What would be your response? Email me your thoughts. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. And we will address this in fuller detail at a later time. But I say, I've given you something else to work on. This. See, just in case I can't be here, say Wednesday, then y'all have got something to work on together. So you can, you can grab the family. You can put them all at the table and say, all right, guys, was Jonah a real dude? Yes or no? Go. And then have them either prove that he was or wasn't. Okay. Yeah, let's say you, you, you think you've proven that he was, but let's just play devil's advocate here. And let's say, let's say he wasn't real and the whole story is made up. Would it matter? Go. No, it wouldn't matter. Yes, it would. Okay, why would it matter? All right? And then uh, you can just discuss it, work it, do some cross... Uh, let me make this clear. Do some cross-referencing. Do some cross-referencing. That would be very important, right? Okay? Just, I'm not going to say anything else. Do some cross-referencing, please. Okay? I won't, I won't say anything else. All right? We'll stop there. Now, again, we only made it four minutes into this. There's 52 minutes left. Maybe by the end, they're like, it does matter. So maybe, you know, right now, maybe they're just playing devil's advocate. That's fine. But we're going to go with the idea that they asked the question. And some of the things they say there is a little bit like, whoa, wait, what? But, but maybe they're going to do it for a good reason. So let's not judge them yet. We'll, we'll let the, the whole thing play out before we make a judgment. But I want us to at least... Go with the idea and see, like, let's judge the idea, whether it is a good idea or a bad idea, whether it's creative or it's actually dangerous, damaging heresy. That, let's just focus on the idea and we'll let them speak for themselves later on. I don't want to rip this clip out of its context, um, ultimately, but currently I'm ripping it out of its context because I want you to work on the problem and then we'll listen to it in its full context and let them explain themselves because uh, that would only be it would be wrong not to do that and we will do that at whenever i can be back here all right i'll stop right there everyone have a great day great evening and a great week and email me newsif at yahoo.com those on the discord channel we got a lot to talk about for first corinthians 10 13 we just spent over an hour working on that you got the bible study for this week plenty to work on that and now you've got jonah was he a real dude you got that to work on so let's have some good conversations about it. All right, I'll stop right there. Everyone have a great evening. God bless.